You know, there's that old saying, never judge a book by its cover. True, good or bad, appearances can fool us for sure. But you know what? A mule dressed in a tuxedo at the end of the day is still a mule. And a farmer can put perfume on a pig and lipstick on a pig, but in five minutes that pig's going to go back to being smelling rank and dirty again. And I can wash my dog once a week, but the minute I let him outside, he's going to go roll on the most vile thing he can find <laughs> and smell all over again. Why? Because that's the nature of my dog. And that's the nature of that pig, and that's the nature of a mule. And we humans can't change their nature. And I hate to say it, but us humans have our own kind of dirty nature to some degree as well. What is that nature? We're rebellious. By nature, we are a rebellious people. We each have our own unique ways in which we find ourselves rebelling against God. And our human nature is is just that. And if that's what our nature is, to be rebellious against God, then how does somebody know that when we claim to be a Christian that we're actually Christians? How did people know in the Old Testament that the prophets that God sent forth were actually his prophets, like Jeremiah? How did they know that Paul, this one-time persecutor of the Christian church, was actually a, a convert to God? How do people understand and, and recognize and believe that Christ is not simply some human being, but God, God's love, wrapped in flesh. The answer to that, my friends, lies in the very nature of God Himself. The very nature of God is love, and all that God does and speaks is born out of love. That unconditional, undivided, 100% pure quality that only God is. And because God is love, then God speaks truth, even when we don't want to hear it. God throughout the ages has raised people up to go in and proclaim that love that God has for His people and proclaim that truth. You go back to the Old Testament prophets and, and we find prophets happen to say some, some hard things to God's people. Not because they wanted to, but because God sent them. Not because God wanted to, but because God loved them and continues to love His creation. And those hard things are communicated because, why? The people would become rebellious. They'd fallen away from God and God's love and God's ways for them. 200 years before the prophet Jeremiah was a prophet named Micaiah, who was caught up in the unsavory position of having to prophesy to King Ahab. There was about 400 other prophets who already had prophesied in favor of what King Ahab wanted to do. But not Micaiah. Micaiah told him something he didn't want to hear. He spoke God's truth. 200 years later, Jeremiah, who was no idle participant in the uh, horrible destruction of Jerusalem, looks at God after God was doing all these things and says to the Lord, Ah, Lord, Surely you have utterly deceived this people in Jerusalem, saying, It shall be well with you, whereas a sword has reached your very life. Each instance, truth is being spoken because the people had rebelled, and the people were dismayed, and they were shocked, and they were filled with lying spirits because they didn't want to hear what God had to say, because they didn't want to believe what God was doing or communicating. But that's what lying spirits do. They cause us to, to believe in something other than. To believe in ourselves sometimes. 
in our own ways, to lead us to believe what we want to believe and hear what we want to hear. And that's what happens when we are separated from the love and truth of God. And truth and love are the very essence of God, and it's God's nature then to share that truth and that love with His creation. And God shares that truth and love by sharing His Spirit, His Holy Spirit, which enables one to hear and to see and to understand and to confess the truth and love of God. The Apostle Paul is adamant in his first letter to the church in Corinth that one filled with the Holy Spirit will proclaim that Jesus is Lord. You can't help but do that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. In his letter to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul points out, and because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And Martin Luther even spoke about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does when he wrote in the small catechism. By nature, I am spiritually blind, dead, and an enemy of God, as the Scriptures teach. And therefore, I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him. The Holy Spirit, my friends, enables that faith within us. And this divine gift of faith helps us to confess that Christ is Lord in our lives. But what does that look like? Is it enough to just say, I believe in Christ Jesus, my Savior? Each week here at Ascension, right after the sermon usually, what do we confess? We confess the creeds, whether it's the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, or perhaps once a year, the Athanasian Creed, that little-known creed. And I want us to consider something for a moment regarding these creeds. What are we confessing? Think about that. What do we confess in the creeds? The nature of our faith? We confess that Christ is Lord? Absolutely. And those creeds were composed for a reason, each one combating a different heresy along the way. And we're taught that believing in Christ is necessary for salvation. But I want you to notice how these creeds are all set up. There's the birth of Christ. And then there's His death and His resurrection and His ascension. And we confess that we believe in the Holy Spirit. And we confess in the Holy Christian Church. But notice what it doesn't confess. What happened between the birth and the death and resurrection? What happened to all those things that Christ did? He went and he healed. And he preached the gospel. And he told them, I have to go from town to town. This is what my purpose is, what I was sent to do. We don't confess that. But we're taught that we have to confess that we believe in Christ and that that we believe that he died for us. So does that mean then, if we follow that thought of logic, that all those people that, that reached out and touched his robe that were healed, those people that he drove demons out of, Simon's mother-in-law, were they simply healed or were they saved? He hadn't died yet. He hadn't been crucified. He hadn't died and risen again. Believing in Christ is not simply a proclamation with our mouths. Believing in Christ is, is experiencing Christ in our lives. Experience Him here, knowing what He's done for each and every one of us and how He moves in us. And we don't believe that 
without the Holy Spirit. As Paul says, you're not going to proclaim that Christ is Lord. Nobody who's filled with the Holy Spirit accurses God. That's the work that God brings forth in His love, born out of love, sharing of Himself. Yes, He sent His Son Christ Jesus to die so that all who believes may have eternal life. And like Christ, we are called to go from town to town, from people to people, sharing the gospel so that others can experience Christ for themselves as we have. Think about the demons that Jesus drove out. What did he say to them when they came out of them? They said to him, you are the son of God. And Jesus silenced every one of them. Why? Perhaps because he knew that they were lying spirits and they were going to go and just misrepresent all that Christ had done. It's not enough to just hear it from somebody. They need to experience it. We need to experience it. These demons are lying spirits that seek to tear us from the grasp of God's love and separate us from His truth. How do those lying spirits manifest themselves in our lives? Perhaps we think we know what's best rather than to consult God at times. Perhaps we want to hear that we will be successful in our attacks and getting revenge against somebody who's wronged us. Perhaps we have misconceptions about people that cause us to withhold God's love because of how we deem them to be in society, rather than viewing them as people who need to experience God's love every bit as much as we do. So back to those initial questions. If our nature as humans is to be rebellious, then how do, we, how do people know that we are Christians when we proclaim to be that way? Through the Holy Spirit that helps us to recognize the various gifts that God has given each and every one of you, that has given me, Through that Holy Spirit, then we are able to go out and enable those gifts to show the gospel to people, to do the kingdom work that we're called to do as His children. Each one of us as a child of God has been blessed with the love of Christ, given gifts, not all the same. But as Paul says, all of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Yes, we are all uniquely crafted in the love of God, blessed with gifts, but empowered with the same gift of the Holy Spirit. These aren't gifts to be used for our own purposes, but for God's purposes. And Paul says to earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And that way, my friends, is the way of God, the love of God, who so loved the world, that He sent His only begotten Son to die, so whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. And God's love never ends, nor is it limited to just a few. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, it's shared, and it's spread, and it's experienced, and it brings about a unified body of Christ. So to confess Christ means to be an active participant in sharing God's love with others. To confess Christ is to confess the love of God. And that only happens through the spirit of love, the very nature of God himself. And to God be all the glory. Amen.